Welcome to Strategize Your Business Online podcast. I am your host and digital marketing strategist, Dee Boswell-Buck. Today, I'm interviewing Tracy Smith. She is the founder of Kitchen Table CEOs and is a content whiz kid. You name it, Tracy can write it. And she loves helping women in business tell their story, put their journey into words that feel authentic, and allow them to reach their dream clients. Tracy also loves dessert, wearing jeans, and is a huge Whitney Houston fan. I had the opportunity to meet Tracy earlier this year and hired her to help me to view how to write content in a new light. I have learned so much from her, and I know you will too. She's launching her Content Unleashed course, and on this podcast, you'll get the goods on how this comprehensive course can help you to write the best types of content. When you've finished listening to the podcast, you'll want to check out the show notes and grab the $50 promo that Tracy has graciously shared with us for you to join the course. Enjoy this episode. You're going to learn a lot. You're listening to Strategize Your Business Online, designed for entrepreneurs like yourself who are looking to get more visibility strategically for your business in the online space. I'm Dee Boswell Buck, digital marketing strategist and founder of Boswell Buck Creative. Tracy Smith of Kitchen Table CEOs. Thank you for being on the podcast, Strategize Your Business Online. How are you today? I'm awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This is a treat. I am so excited to have you here. So Tracy, you are, well, you're a copywriter, but I would love for you to give yourself an introduction. If you could start off with who you are and what is it that you do? So as you said, I'm Tracy Smith and I'm founder of Kitchen Table CEOs. And I know that's a mouthful, but it also gives you a vision of my company. So I support women entrepreneurs working from home partly or full time. And I help them to tell their business story, put it into words, everything content. And the funny thing with content is people, I, I, They think writing and words, and yes, 150% it is that. But the way I explain content is basically anything you put out into the world from your business. So as you can imagine, it's a lot more than words. Pictures you're sending out, it's the overall story. It obviously ties into your brand. I said images, your videos, you know, everything from YouTube to Pinterest to your social accounts. So I help my clients with all of that to help get the story out that they want, touch on brand strategy, and of course, uh, copywriting. I love, I love writing. Nice. So how long have you been doing this for? Tell me about your journey. So my writing journey goes way back. I was the kid, I don't know, writing poems, writing essays, writing to the Toronto Star when my teacher got fired because of the government. But I never really officially took writing in school. It wasn't like I identified with that title. So when you look back, you know, at your journey, it's often funny when you see the pieces that fit together. So the writing piece goes, goes way, way back. I have a degree in health sciences, believe it or not. My working career, I worked a lot in corporate communications, everything from nonprofits to government. 
And so I learned a really good baseline for objective writing, you know, press releases, annual reports, things like that. And then I had kids and I knew that I wanted to take a huge chunk of time off and be with them. So I did that. And I thought, oh, what's my transferable skill? And so writing was it. So I started a mom blog at the time, I guess, and about five people read that. And then I started, I answered a classified ad back when real physical papers were a thing. And I started writing for a magazine. Wow. And I've written for Cottage Life and newspapers and this regional magazine. And I wrote more than 50 articles, got to know a lot of small businesses throughout that. And then obviously when I got to know them through writing the article, it would sort of stem into oh, do you do websites? Or, oh, do you know anything about social media and things like that? So then I started talking and working with small businesses and entrepreneurs on their social media strategies or writing their websites and things like that. And then I really thought, you know what, there's a huge need for this. And, you know, these small business owners are so busy doing what they do that they don't, they're not professional writers and they don't want to spend time on the social media and the content, but that it was so important. So in 2018, I thought, you know what, I want to package up my skills. I want to formalize this a little bit. And after a lot of soul searching, I came up with kitchen table CEOs to help women entrepreneurs and small businesses with their content, their branding strategy, and putting their story into words. So, so that's so yeah, that is so fascinating. I mean, you went from well, health sciences, and then your your writing, and so your writing—that's the position that you you receive. However, then they started asking you about websites and social media. So, did you already know about websites or? Did you already know because you were you had your blog and all that? Right. So social media, like, again, I think most people are lying if they say yeah. they love media because it's such an animal. It's such a monster, an elephant in the room, right? Like it's always changing and things like that. So I remember how long ago was it? I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And somebody had asked me about social media and I actually said to myself, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to look at social media. So I actually created a social media strategy for this person. I'm going to talk myself a long way. So, and I think that's the beauty of where we are right now is that, you know, even 12, 15 years ago, it wasn't the same as far as what information online and allows you to sort of teach yourself and take online courses and things. So to long story short, I, I taught myself a lot. I had the writing and communication background. I love people. I love stories and talking to people. So that helps. And I've also surrounded myself over time with, you know, I have an amazing email web developer. So I sort of work as a team with those people that I've surrounded myself with to offer and complement my skills. So I can do a lot, but I can't do everything, right? right. <laughs> and how did you come up with the name Kitchen Table CEO? Okay, so this is an interesting visual for the listeners. So, you know, you're brainstorming, you're thinking of things, you think you have a great idea, then you go on GoDaddy, realize somebody else had that idea first, right? And I honestly, I kept it. I wish I could show everybody. I had a Bristol board and I divided it into like three or four columns and it was kind of like, okay, what am I providing? What am I doing? All the words that associate with emails, all the words or places in the home or whatever, because I was targeting people working from home. This is pre-COVID. And then, you know, trying to kind of mix and match those words, believe it or not. And I came up with kitchen table CEOs because I, I think that, you know, so many of us, men, women, everybody, because of COVID, 
you know, we're often with laptops sitting at our kitchen table or island sitting on our couch. I hope that the title of it really brings an image of somebody that's totally capable, but is choosing or in a situation where they're working from home. Yeah. I mean, I I have turned to you for some of your services. You have been like a godsend. And I know that when I saw the title Kitchen Table CEOs, like it was very clear, right? I mean, and I did turn to you during the pandemic, right? And yeah. I just love your thought process because I think to myself, when I'm thinking about naming something for my business and, you know, I've got a lot of things that are happening, the, the balls are juggling. It's like, okay, for a moment, I put it down on in a notebook and then I might be walking and it's like, okay, I'm going to put this, this word down. But I love that, that process that you've described, you know, you got you that Bristol board and then you put it down in columns. Like who does that? Well, you do that. <laughs> Well, digital is great, but you know what? I, I, there's certain processes or certain pieces of the planning process that I feel like, I don't know, something is happening in your brain when you have the physical paper. It's like when I'm launch, when I'm mapping out September, I, this week, I actually, you know, I have my digital, my digital calendar and things, but I have that paper calendar because sometimes I just need to see it physically. So yeah. So. Next time you need to name something, think of me when you get your Bristol board. I will, I will. <laughs> so question, what are some of the common mistakes that entrepreneurs make when they're creating content and marketing for their business? Ooh, I love this. So in my course, Content Unleashed, it's been very insightful too because I've got to know my my students so well and talking to them and hearing them. And I've doubled down on a few of these in the last couple of too. So the first one I would say is trying to market to, I say, anyone, everyone of all ages. And so I think new entrepreneurs or business owners think, oh my gosh, I don't want to turn anybody away. I want to sell my products to anybody who wants them, which is a great idea. If if somebody comes up and buys your product, yeah, sell it to them. However, when it comes to marketing, it's different. And it's like, you know, you're casting your net too wide. So you're trying to reach everybody, but you're reaching nobody because nobody can relate to your message. So I told my students, because again, it was like a whole bunch of them. I was like, oh, who's your ideal client? You know, and they said, oh, anyone, everyone of all ages. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and so I, and one of the ladies, you know, offers nail polish or gel nails or something like that. And I thought, no, you don't, you know, because chances are, you know, men are probably not, you know, your ideal client. And then you have to think of yourself, can you market to everybody around the world? Maybe you're only marketing to somebody like really close by because you're physical or you're only willing to mail to, you know, North America, you know, somebody who makes bracelets. Are they putting unicorns and Pokemon on them? Well, if not, chances are they're not marketing to children. So it's a really interesting process that all entrepreneurs need to go through. In fact, actually, I developed a ideal client worksheet on my website. So if anybody's interested, but it's just that exercise of really asking yourself questions and we all have to do it and we all have to find it. The second thing I see is that people are really scared to show up online visually and especially females. We're way too hard on ourselves. You know, we want the picture to look like Cindy Crawford or something. I'm dating myself, but Tyra Banks or whoever, but we're so hard on ourselves. But I always say, if you want your clients to sh or your potential customers to show up for you, but you're not willing to show up for them, you know, what? what's that all about? So, and, and much as again, digital is a thing. We're on a podcast. You can't see me right now. 
But I think the more that people see you, hear you, understand you, they're going to trust you, right? And so, you know, I worked with somebody once and they were they wanted to provide financial advice to females. And if you went on the Instagram, there wasn't one picture of her. It was all words and things. So it's like, would you hire a financial person to trust that you had never seen their face, right? It's just an interesting question. So I think we really need to push ourselves. There's lots of tools out there, whether it's lights and filters and angles and things that can, that can, or a professional photographer that can help people feel more comfortable. But I think that is super, super important. And then the other piece is not asking for help. I always tell my students, you know, you're, if you're not a professional writer, you know, you shouldn't expect to sit down and be able to write about me page in an hour, right? Why, why would we expect that of ourselves? If we don't play guitar, we wouldn't expect to sit down and then be able to strum off a, an amazing song, right? Asking for help or finding a trusted person where you can look for templates to follow or information and research is that, you know, it's not a real sexy word, but you know, if you're sitting down to write your website or you're sitting down to write your about me page or your product descriptions, you know, you need to put a little bit of time in, hire somebody or download a template that can, that can help. And I, I think those are three biggies. I love all of those answers. And like, I just think about that I do as a digital marketer, people come to me and they say, my Facebook ad didn't work. And I see that they boosted a post and Facebook will boost that post to every, anybody who's in a 50 kilometer radius, who is 18 to 65. And you very well may not, maybe an 18 year old cannot afford what it is that you're selling, for instance, or maybe the product and service that you have is available to everyone throughout the country. But, you know, Facebook just limited it to you. And with regards to showing up, I definitely have to agree. I mean, I invested in like some really great photos, professional photos, but I really make it a point that like every, after every few posts that I share, I share something where I'm just like running or without the makeup. So when somebody turns to me, they're like, yeah, you know, I went through your feed and you, you keep it real. <laughs> so I love it. Love it. Or one of my friends the other day, watching your videos, like they look beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, even in the filter, I do most of them without makeup. So again, I'm all about showing up for real, but there's simple filters where right. it just like takes away the shine, gives a little like rosy cheeks or something. It just helps with confidence, right? Yeah. I, I've been watching your reels. They're very down to earth. I can see that maybe you're like by a lake and the wind is ever so soft in your hair and you're, you're you know, you're sharing a tip and it's like, Oh. I, I, I can relate to the person. <laughs> it's funny when you say trying not to market to everybody and things like that, too. I just want to be clear. It's not that you can't sell your products to people that don't fit your mold that you've created, but it just means for that marketing or who you're talking to. It does. It does make a difference. For sure. So I first learned about you, like literally in January, it's so like beginning of the new year. And I'm not a, really a believer of New Year's resolutions, but I do feel that there are certain times of the year that are like that you can mark a milestone. It could be your birthday. It could be the beginning of a year. And I knew that I needed to hire or to help me. Yeah, I needed to hire. And so I was on Facebook. I was in a group and you just asked like the right question. And you know what? I tried to look for the question. I tried to look for that post. I cannot find it. But it was like you asked this post and then I did a search. So everybody just listen to how some of these Facebook groups work. And this is like a great group where 
you can't just like spam with what it is that you're doing. And it's like a nice controlled atmosphere where you are sharing content or they give you the, a day to highlight. So it could be Instagram Wednesday or share a podcast Thursday. You could share a favorite podcast or you can share your podcast, whatever the case. <laughs> but this wasn't a specific day. You just asked a question and then I did a search and I saw some of the other questions and other pieces of content that you were sharing. This is like, it was morning. I, it wasn't even a, I, I don't think I knew this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a stalker. So I saw your additional post and then, you know, Facebook will let you see. I, I know how the platform works. So I saw that you have a business and I went to your website and I'm like, I know I need some, but I spoke to my business coach. I know I need a copywriter. And then I remembered like reaching out to you that, that morning I was like, okay, I'm just, it was meant to be, I'm going to send it out. So my question was, what stage of the business journey is your ideal client at when they decide to work one-on-one with you? Like what is the mindset that they're going through or are they feeling like any types of judgment? So for me, business is, my business is really growing and I'm so thankful for that. However, I know that in order for me to grow, I needed to reach out. That was my answer, but what's your answer? Okay, well, it's funny because you and I were a little bit unique because I remember that phone call and I remember hearing in your voice, like, I think you're a, a type A go-getter, you know, you built this business. And it was, I think, hard to think I'm going to be asking somebody to help take part of my baby. And, you know, we were, and and if you remember, it was something I don't typically do the service necessarily that you were asking for. But I thought, oh, you know what? There's a connection here. I love it. So you were unique, but it was so cute because I remember you thinking you were hesitant, right? I think it's worked out great. We've made friends. We've become friends in the process and and supporters of each other. So I would say, though, typically there's two types of entrepreneurs and pieces where I meet them in their journey. So they're either at the very beginning, you know, they're either getting ready to launch or they've just launched and they're in the first year. And they need everything. They they have a hunch. They need things or they're lacking in certain areas, but they don't even know where to start. You know, it's like they're hearing an about me page or they're they're hearing, oh, you know, social media and they probably have their accounts open, but they're not using it the way that they know they could. You know, they're overwhelmed. There's so much that they're doing. Everything's up to them. They're juggling all the balls in the air. They're intimidated by social media and they feel alone. So I would say that's numero uno person. And so I would step in and, you know, the thing I love about the community of women entrepreneurs, I wouldn't have believed it if somebody told me five years ago, is it's so supportive. So most of my clients, I find we end up supporting each other and just making them feel validated and that it's okay. They don't have all their answers. Hey, to feel like top of the world one day lowest valley of the next, but we'll get up. So I help those individuals, you know, write their story, come up with those taglines, the words to use to describe their business, which will then go on their social profile, which will fill their website. And it's just that confidence of, okay, you've been able to put what I've been trying to put down into words. It feels good. It feels authentic. And I'm proud of it, right? So that's person one. And then the other person would be similar to you in the sense that they have a successful business. It's five years plus. They might even have an employee or two and they really know that they need a refresh and or they need to work sort of smarter, not harder, right? They need to offload some of the pieces. 
They don't have any time to do it themselves. And they also are strategic enough to know that, you know, they have their zone of genius and probably what I do is not it. So, you know, I'm going to hire somebody to do it for me to save time. They're not writers and their time's valuable. So I would help them refresh their website, rewrite their story, or we would talk about marketing techniques like email lists and things like that, where, you know, maybe they have one, maybe they're not using it the way they would like to. Maybe it's amping up their website to be a little bit more proactive and interactive. So those would be the two types of two types of clients. Interesting. Yeah. So I, and I know that I ended up reaching out to you again to do a landing page and we were on the phone, just letting everyone know. I, I'm sometimes I feel like I'm not very good at explaining myself and I'm talking to you and I would say things like, ah, but I'm probably not saying this very well, Tracy. And I'm telling you how I'm feeling and I'm, it's for a conference that I'm having. I was, I told you who this conference was for and you wrote out this landing page. And then when I read it, I was like, Hey, that's something I would say. <laughs> you did say it. Right? I did say it. And I remember emailing you like, I love it. I did large caps. I'm like, I love it. It sounds like something I would say. And you're like, yeah, you did say it. You said it on the phone. Well, you know what? It's fun. It's, I, I do that. I, I just love talking to my clients and then I'm feverishly scribbling because again, it's, it's for some reason when people go to write things, like if I said, okay, do you write your about me page right now? Or I mean, you're in the business, so you probably have a knack for it, but somebody who is, is not in digital, is not in writing. Okay. You're going to write this about yourself. For some reason, all of a sudden we put this hat on that it says, Oh, let's write an essay or. We have to use all this, these formal words, right? And I think one of my talents is being able to write like people talk and being able to put things down in a formal setting like a website, but in a casual way that is fun to read and sounds like a conversation. And that makes things readable, right? So I remember what it was too. It was no flap. <laughs> so I hope everybody is going to go to the temper. So that's a tooting these horn for herself. Yeah. And actually when I used that landing page, because it was, it was important, not just to have it for what I actually launched, but for when I was approaching speakers and when the speakers, those dream speakers that I would love to have, who I do have now, when they read it, they're like, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Send me some more information. So it was, oh, I'm so glad it worked out. Yeah. So about your website, you have some freebies and I saw a couple that caught my eye. Can you tell me more about your seven pieces of essential content? What's that about? It's a checklist. It's a checklist. So I asked, I asked everybody out there, are you missing one of the essential pieces of content that you need for your business to succeed? I list out the seven essential pieces, in my opinion, as a professional writer and brander. I know. I want to ask you, but then it's like, that would be pointless. You have to go. Yeah, so, <laughs> so anyway, you go to my website, kitchentableceos.com, and you scroll down, see this it's absolutely free download, and it has the checklist so you can go through and work through it. And if there's one you're missing, no baby, it doesn't mean you're a failure. It's just going on the to-do list as something to research and create. And chances are, if it's on the list, I probably have a template for it on my website. And one of the reasons why I created this list was I have a course called Content Unleashed, and it starts the first week of October. And what we do is over a six-week period, we walk through each of these seven pieces of content. 
So it's important to know what they are, but then it's even more important to say, oh my gosh, how do I do this? And so we don't, we not only walk through how to write it, we actually write it throughout six weeks. But at the end of the six weeks, you have your seven pieces of content completed, done, reviewed, and ready to hit publish. So, okay. So my question, Tracy, is that if somebody is missing these seven pieces or some of these pieces, how does that negatively impact? So as an example, an elevator pitch, for those who don't know, is just a quick two, three sentence, less than a two minute spiel about who, what you do, you know, who do you serve, what you do. And it sounds funny, but how many times in our life are we asked, oh, what do you do? You know, dinner party, elevator, or, you know, you're just, and so, so many times I think as women, especially, it feels uncomfortable talking about yourself or we go, oh, we kind of do this, oh, we do this, oh, I'm trying it. And we sell ourselves short. And every single time we get asked that, it is a lost opportunity. As we know, this world is, I would say, far tighter than the six degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever. It's more like two degrees in your, in your neighborhood. If somebody asks you, you lose that chance to promote and for that person to say, oh my gosh, I know this person, I should connect to you or oh, and then continue your conversation. So an elevator pitch is a perfect one. It's so simple and it's so short. The other thing is everywhere you look, whether it's your Instagram profile, your Facebook, your LinkedIn, you're always looking for that 30 character description of what you do. And that's so hard to create. And the beauty is once you create these seven essential pieces of content, I tell my students, I'm like, you save those in that VIP folder on your laptop. And then anytime you're asked for a bio, you're asked profile or you're updating something, it's all right there. And you don't have to waste time writing it yet, right? It's about reusing, reusing your content. So that is just a sneak peek that, you know, it's, it's your reach. It's your conversion. That's another piece in my course. You know, you can write a product description, but are you saying, you know, this dress is made of 100% cotton and manufactured in Canada? Well, that's nice. But why should I buy it? Why should I like it? Right. So there's a whole art to writing your product descriptions that tells your ideal client like, oh, my gosh, this was made for me. So it's all those pieces of having content that's sort of optimized. Awesome. And then you have something else here. 40 topic ideas for your next post, blog or email. What's that about? So I think we can all relate to the fact that we're always being asked for more content or when we're posting social media or anything, even if we have great ideas, it's usually on a Sunday morning in a coffee. Well, we're not going to write it. And then we sit down to write and we don't have those ideas. So this is just a compilation of 40 topics. It could be an actual topic. It could be a sentence starter. It could be something says a title. So whether you're writing a blog, writing an email, or writing a social media post, these are just 40 topics to sort of get you started, get the juices flowing. And funny enough, again, I sit down and sometimes I'm staring at the computer, you know, blank state, blank page. I've actually printed off this list for me nice. and I can put it on the corner of my desk to say, you know, oh, okay, right, right. I had that idea because it's never there when you want it. So I created the list of people that print it off, put it on their corner of their desk, and hopefully save some content stress. I'm making a note to myself, print this off <laughs> when we're done. Okay. You know, I see you often on Instagram mainly, and I saw you in that Facebook group, but just if you could tell me which social media platforms do you use more so for your business and why? Ooh, that's a good one. And I'm currently evaluating this because 
you know, engagement is down in certain areas and things like that. You know what? I have to be honest, this is going to be like the best answer. But, you know, over the past year, as I was launching, I have tried a variety. Like I ha- I do have a Pinterest account because people, people think of Pinterest as decor and pretty stuff, but it is essentially a search engine. So it's a lot different than a lot of social media platforms, right? Because people are searching terms. And if you create, so I do Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook. I have a Facebook group. I do LinkedIn. I would say those are my main ones. However, LinkedIn, I will post if it's like heavily business related. I don't post as much on LinkedIn, but if, you know, if I'm featured in an article or if it's something that strictly pertains to business associates, I'll put it on there. I won't put my, you know, casual or fun or behind the seats quite as much on there. And then, I mean, Instagram's my favorite. I feel like it has shifted. I feel like, you know, 10 years ago, my demographic was only Facebook. And I feel like there's been a shift where people love Instagram, because you can consume it, I find a little bit easier and faster and it's visual. But there is valued Facebook groups because there's that community. I use Facebook groups for my course, private groups where, you know, we can talk and we can share. And I found that to be absolutely phenomenal. For some reason, my Facebook group right now has like such little engagement. So it's just for all the listeners out there. It is a constant monster that you're trying to tame or understand or rejig. So I know there's value in there for the Facebook group, not my course one, just a general one for kitchen table CEOs, but there's something wonky going on. So I have to, uh, I have to work on that. And all my handles are at kitchen table CEOs. So I would love for any of you out there listening to come visit and say hi and that we, we, you heard me on these podcasts. So I know. Yeah. I didn't even know you had that Facebook group. So I'll join it today. Okay. Even better in game here. Awesome. Yeah. I'll say I'll I'll have a comment like somebody respond to Tracy's comment for goodness. Well, it's heartbreaking, right? Because you do work so hard. And when something that you feel resonates doesn't, you know, you take it a bit personal. But again, there's that reason why we constantly have to be evaluating our ideal client. One other tidbit I will say that I learned from a course is whenever you can have conversations with your ideal clients and ask a lot of questions and do a lot of listening. Like you joked that, you know, you were talking away, didn't know if you were making sense. To have those conversations with your ideal clients, great, because you are picking up what's important to them. And it's often in those moments where your client's talking and you're not, you know, fighting to respond, that you pick up those nuggets of what's important to them. And so, you know, saying, oh, you know, 35 to 55 women working from home. Well, that's nice. But, you know, what really is bugging them? What's keeping them up at night? What are they stressed about? And so the more you know about your client in that way, the more you can relate to them on social media or ask questions. If they don't read, don't post things about your favorite book, you know, or are they fiction or nonfiction or, you know, things like that. So, but again, I just motivation for everybody. I feel like not even the experts have a complete handle on social media and it's always changing. Yeah. Teams of 10 people helping them. So I know how I feel, but I'd like to know, like, what are the top lessons or feeling that your clients walk away with after they work with you? Well, I think emotionally, they feel like they have somebody in the corner. They feel reassured that, you know, the ups and downs of entrepreneurship are okay. It doesn't mean that anything's wrong. Like I often have conversations with my clients and it's honestly, they're like, sorry, I'm ranting. And I'm like, you just need to get it off your chest because not everybody understands that it 
the buck stops with you, right? So I would say that emotional support cheerleading. Number two, I feel like they've, they would feel like they got like the, the secret formula to something that they were challenged by. So like you said, like if you asked me to pick up a guitar, no way in hell, like I strum one chord that sounded good. But, you know, after working with me, that piece of content that was a real roadblock for them or really hard, now they have a system, they have a template to follow, right? So a lot of times if people download my templates, you know, I ask a series of questions first, much like a phone call. Then I walk through the template and I say, remember your answers from this question? Okay, just plug them in here. And this is how it should flow, right? So it's that it's that guideline, that roadmap. So I feel like they have sort of like their magic formula for content figured out. And then my one-on-one clients, I feel like they would walk away with more time, less stress, and just feeling like they have a really good partner that can cover off their words or story. You know, and I, I often hear, and again, it took me a long time to really sort of identify with, hey, I guess I am really good at writing. But people saying, oh my gosh, like you, you, you captured it, you know, like you put my words down into a story. So that's the biggest sort of compliment that I can get that after people have worked with me, they say, wow, you really helped me get to that next step or I had no desire to learn about that, but knew it was important. And you were able to sort of check that box for me. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that have really helped me after we work together, it's like now I think differently when I'm writing for my clients. So I tend to write very, very long. And then that would be so taxing, especially if you have, you know, with the client workload that I have, I took a lot of great tips from you. So, I mean, I always look at the planning, but what I remembered, what I had done with one of my clients that he helped me with, it was that, you know, taking a look at the photos beforehand, right? So we can get a general feel as to who this person is. And then some of the questions that you would ask was like, how, how do they speak when they're talking about this part of their business? Are they very formal or are they kind of joking? And you mentioned about, you know, sometimes like taking a look at some of the national days. So I know that there are some social media accounts that are like very heavy on national days. The national day. It's actually yeah. post is national candy bar day, national don't wear socks day. Like it, it's a bit much. Right. But it's like, how can we, you know, use a couple of those for a client in a month? And so after that, when now when I'm writing for somebody, it's like I can still make a huge impact and it doesn't have to be the entire character count for Instagram. Right. It could just be instead of using the what is it, 1900 or 1300 characters, I can do something like 500 characters. Right. So, uh, yeah, like writing has been a lot more easier. So that's something that I walked away with. After work. Oh, that's yeah. so nice. You know, it, it's hard to like those national days are great for a break, right? I think that even your reader wants to have a break from the heavy, the heavy post. So, but again, coming back to knowing your ideal client, that's why we would have had the chats. Yeah. Like, who is this person? What's important? I'm not going to put happy pasta day if they're, okay, rough. happy meat day if they're a vegan, let's say, or something like that, right? Or if they absolutely love cats and we're talking about dogs. So once you know, like, I, I know one of your clients sweets right and so we would always look for something that was like sweet related so we could get a cute picture of the team doing what they do with oreo cookies or donuts or whatever so again it comes back to knowing your client and the other piece i remember specifically talking to you about is if you think of like even if you're not a blogger a blogger is just a long article right so technically an instagram post if it was really long and more using up all those limits it would be very similar to a blog 
So if you're giving away, say, like three tips or five steps or things like that, a trick that I learned from Janet Kutcher, who I absolutely love, don't give it all away, right? Like use one of those tips and then say to get the other four tips, you know, visit my website if you had a blog. Or if it, if you don't have a blog, use one of those tips and then say, you know, stay tuned. I'll be providing more tips, you know, on that subject or what have you. So sometimes we like to give it all away. And then with social media, the, the crappy thing is like, then it's gone, right? Yeah. So, and you made purpose that, whether it's in an article, whether it's on a LinkedIn post, sharing across platforms, and then also don't be afraid to use the exact same topic, switch it up a little bit, and then talk about it next month. Because the reality is about 5% of your followers see it. So even though it feels really, really repetitive to you, it won't seem repetitive to them unless you're Unless it's your mom, maybe, because she's your number one fan. <laughs> so, Tracy, do you have any promos that are coming up? Well, like I mentioned, my my course, my signature course, Content Unleashed, launches October 7th, 10th, something. Oh, my gosh, I don't have my calendar in front of me. But it's so if anybody is listening and they are just starting out and they want to get their story, you know, and their content, all those seven pieces of content mastered from the beginning, if you know that you need a refresh, if you know you'll be writing a website in the next year and you don't want to hire a content person, which would cost thousands, you know, this course is absolutely perfect for you. So you can visit kitchentableceos.com. I think it's going to be slash course. I'm just relaunching my website, so I'm not sure on the address. But if you go to my website and look for Content Unleashed or my course, you can find that there. I'll also be running a series of free workshops in September. So if you follow me, you'll hear all about that. And it's where I teach the attendees four musts for creating content that connects and converts. And then the third thing is I just love for you to come check out my website, kitchentableceos.com. And you can check out those two freebies that Ian and I talked about, the checklist for your content to see if you're missing something. And then also get your hands on those free 40 topics for your next email blog. Okay, and we're going to make sure that we have, so when this podcast airs on the link that we're going to have the show notes, we're going to make sure that we've got those links there as well. And on social media, once again, if you can let us know where is the best place for us to find you and engage and learn some more and see you on those cottagey days with the wind blowing through your hair. (laughs) Filter on. Like filter on. I'm not that fan. <laughs> Everywhere across the platforms at Kitchen Table CEOS. And LinkedIn would be the only one. And I'm Tracy Smith. You can search me up there. Well, Tracy, it was fabulous having you here on the podcast Strategize Your Business Online. I always learn so much from you. And this podcast was filled with so many nuggets. So thank you again for being on it today. Thank you so much. And honestly, I feel exact same way. I always love our chats. We have such good conversations and sort of give and take back and forth. So thank you for having me. I hope everybody uh, took away a little bit of content, content tips. And Tracy will be at the conference that I'm having on the 23rd of September. It's a virtual conference and it is called Strategize Your Business Online Lessons from the Trenches. It starts oh, up. It's free. It starts 9.30 until 3.30. So 9.30 a.m. till 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And there'll be also a bit of a networking component. But you will, obviously, you will be hearing 
Tracy sharing some valuable information as well. And there'll be other speakers too. So thank you. And I think we're going to go through the About Me page, right? Oh, yes. Yes. So if you need an About Me page, come on over and get your ticket. Okay, Tracy. Thanks so much. Thank you, Dee. Thank you for listening to Strategize Your Business Online. If you found value in what you heard today, please leave us a review. And feel free to share this podcast with someone you think who would love it. You just might get a shout out on an upcoming episode. Make sure to subscribe so you automatically get notified when a new episode is released. Do you find the online space challenging when it comes to increasing your brand's visibility? Visit my website and register for my monthly free masterclass. Or connect with me on Instagram. You can head over to dboswellbuck.com and you'll find all the links that you need right there. It's always my goal to align your business goals strategically with your online presence. We'll see you on the next episode.